What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Fade to Gray. You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. (laughs) We invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories. Through nuanced conversations and forward thinking and not taking ourselves too seriously. Everyone's story matters. Every voice is important. Life is polarizing. But not everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray. Hey, hey. Welcome back. It's been so long, Facebook. It's been so long. We are coming in once again. That's right. This time with Nicole Foster from the Hippie Theologian uh, podcast, which can be found... I'm not sure if it's on Roku yet or is launching yeah. soon. Is it? Can they find it right now yeah. on Roku? And um, she's a doctorate student writing her thesis on social media's impact on uh, theology. And that is where the hippie theologian comes from. Oh, I'll let her explain what that means because she's going to do a much better job than I, I can. And, but I'm really looking forward to getting to know you, Nicole. Please. You've already met Elizabeth and Seth, I guess, through Too Many Podcasters and Podcasting Before. Yeah. So this is my first time meeting you. So welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. It was fun last yes. time, so. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Please, we have a track record. <laughs> a fun of nothing else. <laughs> How are you doing, Nicole? How's how are things going? I'm doing well. Just surviving the pandemic like everybody else. I hear that. Yep. Round two. We're all excited for 2021 to get here and what's here now. And like, okay, well, where's the where's the silver lining? It has to come sometime. <laughs> what, you know, so. Where what is going on? Yes. Maybe maybe in three days. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Lord willing. We can only pray and yeah. hope. Yes. So, crazy times we're living in, though. So, um, welcome. You are big time Roku. I mean, holy shit. So, um, <laughs> your people are, are noticing you. They can sit home during the pandemic, you know, and just stream you from their TV now. So, um, uh, t- tell us about that. How did that all get started? Um, it sounds like it came from your thesis, but I'm um, really excited to hear more. Um, so it was just, so I got this email and I thought, well, this is, this is BS. I'm just probably on some email list. Like I'm not going to answer this. And then, so and it was from one of the producers, um, on, um, uh, branch room TV. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think this is true. And so I just kept thinking about it all week. And so I finally emailed them back. I was like, what's up? Like, are, are y'all really emailing me or is this just some, but like, no, like we've been following Hippie Theologian and um, we really like the, what you're doing in the project. And so we like to offer you some airtime on, um, on Roku. Um, and I was like, no, that's okay. <laughs> I was like, there's probably no way I can afford what you're, what you're offering me. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know about that. And then, so they just kept, they kept just like, pulling me in and pulling me in and kept talking to me. And so, um, so yeah, it's a total shock to me. I mean, I didn't think I was, you know, doing anything too special. I just was just talking, talking to people and making a lot of people mad. So I guess. <laughs> 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 like that. 
You make the you make the right people mad. Yeah, you make the right people mad, and you get a show on Roku. Let's take notes, boys. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about the hippie theologian then. I mean, if Roku's hunting you down, uh, tell us about this. What are you doing? Um, I am actually like I'm almost embarrassed because it, it's so new and so just kind of organic. Like, I feel like I don't, I don't, I'm not polished enough. Like my shows aren't polished. Like, you know, you probably like hear kids screaming in the back. I'm just like, I'm just gonna keep going <laughs> with this show. And so um, it started out as just a, um, a Facebook group online. Um, I wasn't in the pulpit anymore, but I still had a love for Old Testament, a love for God's word and wanted to share the nerdy parts uh, with people, which is not popular in the pulpit at all. Um, so it started with that and then it just kind of grew. And then what I- What do you mean by nerdy parts though, I guess? Like what would you define as a nerdy part of the Old Testament? Because some people may say the entire Old Testament is nerdy or the entire book might be. But, uh, but what would you say, like what really pulls at you that you like deep dive into? Like give us a little example. Sure. So I used to be, um, well, I consider myself still a teacher, um, taught world history and ethnic studies. And so um, I've trained as a historian first. Um, and then I went to a seminary. Uh, I went to a reform seminary, which they really are stickler about uh, original languages. So we, we had to learn the original languages and that was the beating. But at the end, I loved it because um, I could see more clearly and so I like to teach people about the historical and, and cultural context of the Old Testament through a, an Easter lens, you know, a Bronze Age or Iron Age lens. Um, okay. And even a regional lens as far as, you know, what, what is this really saying? We just threw, you know, we threw the ESV or NRSV, you know, shield on it. And we're supposed to take that as uh, the original meaning. And it's really... Um, you really can mind a lot, like just mind and fish for a lot of things yeah. that I didn't know about beforehand. So, yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. I can't believe that people wouldn't want to like get into that behind the pulpit, but I guess it doesn't like bring in the tab as well as making people feel good, you know, telling them that like, you know, Philippians it's four, eight or something yeah. like, once a, once a month at least. So, anyway right. so you're so you're doing this you're doing your passion you're you're kind of deep diving into like the nerdy parts of the old testament mm -hmm. and and i'm so also like doing interviews with people who you know who are been you know protesting in the blm movement or you know what that looks like pastoring or um just getting a lot of other people's stories um too awesome yeah so, and, and that just kind of caught the eyes some people. And I guess like, it sounds like uh, you're making people mad. What, why would people be mad about any, any of that? I guess. Um, I don't, I don't, well, there's a lot of trolls right now out there, <laughs> social media. Um, and I think, um, you know, I begged my Bishop not to be uh, put at a church. I was like, please do not put me back to the church. Let me do my own thing. Let me do my own ministry. Please don't let me, don't make, force me to be, you know, a rector of a church. I said, that's just not my style. It's not my gig. I feel like I'm more of a, I, um, 
will be a better use in a more tabernacle type ministry in the wilderness versus, you know, being institutional. It clearly doesn't work for me. <laughs> and so um, I'm able to say things, I'm able to say things that other people would not say whose paycheck is tied to the church, I'm being honest. Um, and I'm able to kind of give a different lens of scripture that um, most people may, may be real touchy about as far as their jobs in the church. Um, so I think that makes people mad. Um, a lot of people think I'm trying to veer people away from church and just be online. I'm like, no, um, that's, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. Like I'm more concerned about people knowing, knowing God um, and uh, living, living a life with, with him. Uh, I'm well, not worried about the church. During a, during a worldwide pandemic, maybe that is the smarter thing to do right now, <laughs> at least. I mean, I don't mean, who's, who's to say it? How, how long were you working in a pulpit situation? Um, for about a, about a year. Um, and then I had in, did a lot of church internships when I was getting my Master's of Divinity. Um, and I just, I never really... I was not politically savvy enough and maybe um, not, how should I say this nicely? Um, I, I said things and called people out, you know, that nobody would ever, nobody would ever do that if you wanted to stay you know, yeah. a job in the church or sure. move up. Um, and so I, I, and I kind of knew that before I went to seminary, like church was not my thing. It was more outside um, learning and growing in a community, um, that was not tied to the institution. Now, why I'm ordained by the institution, um, interestingly, um, I, I knew that would take me to what I'm doing now, which is, I'm, yeah, I'm out in the wilderness and I love it, but on Hippie Theologian right now, it's a Facebook page, um, and, and on Roku. And so I, I kind of get cussed out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, that's, that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll probably do my fair share back. You know what I mean? Most, most clergy wouldn't. Um, but I try to, I try to stifle uh, things or just nonsense quickly. And so they kind of shocked when I'm like, you know, get your ass off this pet. You post if you don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I'm not afraid yeah. to speak your mind. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, that's it. what it is. Um, just have a heart for people to really know God and really know his word. Um, and uh, there's much more to life with him than what's seen or taught in a lot of places. And only those... Which denomination... Oh. Huh? And which denomination are you ordained with then? I'm Anglican. I'm an Anglican. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, I do a lot of work with the Episcopal Church. Um, cause mm -hmm. I used to be Episcopal and so I still do a lot of work with them, um, which I love. Um, so yeah. And then if theologian, there's a group in there on Facebook for, um, any kind of theologian, whether you're a pastor or have a parish ministry, a, a para ministry, um, you know, feed the homeless, whatever. There's a group inside the page that welcomes all kinds of ministers. And so. Uh, people go back and forth. Um, sometimes we get on Zoom to talk about, you know, how do, how do we, you know, do you, how do you need help during this pandemic to keep your church alive? Like, do, you, do we need to, you know, 
get funds? Do you need electronic help, digital help? Like what is it that we can, you know, this group can do for you to help keep everybody afloat? And so Think outside the box or something like that. Yeah. So it's a safe place for clergy to bounce ideas off and just kind of unbutton, you know, like I'm having a hard time, you know, staying with this gig. I'm having a hard time even believing that happens a lot. Um, and so I just wanted that to be a safe place for other clergy to be able to be like, look, I'm struggling and it's not what I thought it was. <laughs> that is an awesome opportunity that you have there. Um, and I love that it's not polished. You know, your kids are in the background and you're just being real and being you and being authentic. And in that you've already been recognized. And so whether that's pe- people want to over spiritualize it and say, well, that's, you know, God's hand in your life or whatever it is, it's an opportunity, you know, to get out there. And a lot of people don't get that. So that that's, just, that's awesome. And I'm really happy and encouraged for you. But um, a lot of times when we were talking with people, we start at the beginning of their story. You know, we just kind of jumped into what you're doing now. We're just so curious of you know what what this is and it's sounds fascinating because i love how you're tying in the history me kind of i never took history in school or anything like that but it's one of those things like now that i kind of gravitate towards like man i wish i would have i want to know what your childhood was like like what what made you gravitate towards that direction like why not like just get a history degree why not like you know go to school in a different direction that could still open a lot of the same doors you're doing now possibly what made you want to to you know take the clerical route and doing all that sure um so i was um i'm an old millennial so i was born uh in the 80s and so i remember uh, my my mother and my aunt playing. Um, I don't know if y'all remember the Salty the Songbook. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, I know all his yes. stuff. <laughs> Me too. And so I'm they would. I, I don't. You don't? Oh my gosh! I'll have to send you a link so. of Salty. What about Bible Man? You know Bible Man, Seth? I know Bible Man. Okay, but I, I don't. My know brother Brandon one. was Bible Man for Harvest Festival, <laughs> but no. <laughs> anyway so 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 salty 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 yes and so i remember them playing that um you know trying to teach me about the lord and i remember as a little girl like at three years old um listening to those songs and really having a strong sense at two or three that god was very sweet to me um and very loving and gentle towards me um and so I just always had that feeling, even when, you know, as I got older and things got hard, I just always felt um, that, you know, now I argue with God a lot, but um, that in the end, he still has my good, you know, my good in mind. And so um, I was always into history. Um, and so I, I this may be a culture context, but um I grew up in the in a very big uh, charismatic church here in Dallas, Texas, and um, I loved the pastor. He he was very uh, just very influ- influential to me. Um, but also, that was a very that was predominantly white church. But, you know, there were some people of color. But my friend, my family were was friends with the pastor, so that's why we went there. But um, you know, when I go back to Mississippi, I go to, it's all black church where my, you know, my grandfather is and stuff like that. And so even though I was going to 
this this big mostly white church um i still i still am an african-american so there's still that kind of religious teaching at home that's that's traditionally african-american and a lot of times not all the time but a lot of times the teaching in traditional african-american kind of theology is old testament so you know god through um and you can you can hear the difference when you go to and now that I'm older, you can really hear the difference. So for African-Americans, a lot of times, not all churches, but a lot of churches, there's an Old Testament focus. Um, and I think it's because some people are like, oh, it's because of slavery. It goes, I think it goes uh, further than that across the Atlantic, um, that there's still an Eastern concept of God's not really, God's not first your friend, God is mighty, God's a warrior. God moves on the behalf of his people you know, watch, wait, and see, like something is going to happen. Um, and so... You'd say there's a more of a fear of God then aspect amongst like black churches than there would be in a lot of the white churches that preached a lot of the grace message? Or yeah. Or you think that's found? Okay. Yes. And so um, God is king um, versus friend. I mean, yes, friend, but um, you don't approach, approach him that way initially. Um, and so I think that pool is why I was interested in Old Testament, plus the pool of history, which I always loved. And I did get a, uh, my, my uh, bachelor's is in history. And so um, just those two together, I just could not, I could not get away from it. I tried. I tried to be a lawyer. I tried, <laughs> I tried to, um, I taught for, I uh, taught public high school, um, you know, for years and years and years. Um, and I can't, I just couldn't get away from the history and teaching my kids who are largely Hispanic, like, you know, this is your history. This is where your people come from. This is the greatness of your culture, you know, um, pre, pre, uh, uh, colonialism. Um, so yeah, those two things never left me. I tried. I, cause I'm like, boy, this is ridiculous. Like, why? I'm not even a good person. Like, what are you, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you already had that mindset before you even went you know, back to school, you know, for any kind of seminary that you kind of knew that maybe you didn't fit in. So that's, oh, yeah. that's why I was asking that question. But yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. Then. I'm a total misfit. Very cool. <laughs> total misfit at the church. Total. Well, you, you're uh, of like-minded people here as well. So um, most of yeah, us. Yeah, you're, you're in good company. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Oh, some, just just else. that, just just that we're in, you're in good company. I think um, you've got a couple of misfits here on this show, which is why one reason why we started the show because we didn't feel like we really fit in either. Omar and I have experience working in churches as well, not not to the degree that you were as far as like a pastor or, but Omar was uh, assistant director to a Bible program, discipleship program through a church that we were working with, and I've been on various worship team holding various roles for we I did it for 19 years the worship thing and we did the church bible school thing for 5 10 years something like that wow so we can we can appreciate the feeling misfit uh, uh, I'm not sure I'm looking not sure for, looking for our platform belong at all anymore at this point um, but yeah but it, it's okay um we love talking to people um like you that are still you, you know carving out new ways of, of doing church and new ways of, of belonging and, and looking at things in a different, especially um, when a predominant 
um, you know, white evangelical theme in America has turned, um, you know, left a lot of sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, um, you know, ourselves included, you know, they kind of like, I don't, I can't be this, this isn't me. So um, to have, for people to have alternatives and still be able to identify with Christianity, I think is, is huge in my opinion. Um, some people may disagree, but they're not on this episode. So that's, <laughs> that's what's going to be said. Um, Chris has always been like, out, um, since we started the podcast outside of the church. So he's the other, uh, Dallason, Dallasonian. I don't know how you guys speak of, of yourselves. How do you identify? Yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> What's the proper yeah. Dallas pronoun there? I'm not sure. Um, but uh, so you're, you grew up in Texas going to this kind of mega church that's predominantly white. Uh, I think a lot of us kind of experienced that whole charismatic feeling. Um, but you did, were you born then in Miss in Mississippi or um, what's your, how are your roots there? What's that dynamic like? Because you said your fa- your grandfather was religious as well, so yeah. So I I was born in Lawrence, Kansas. Because um, my oh shout out Jayhawk Rock Chalk. Hey. I'm a Jayhawker. <laughs> uh, my dad played uh, football for um, uh, KU, and so that's okay. why I was born in Lawrence. Oh. Um, okay, my 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 dad went to KU. Oh too. really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and Seth is Mizzou, so yeah. So, so I'm over here at Mizzou, and, and KU is one of our uh, biggest rivals. So there you are. Uh, I mean, you yeah. have to win games to be a rival, though. Now that was harsh. <laughs> that was below the belt. <laughs> okay, so so born in Kansas, Middle America. Uh, right, yes. uh, right on. Yep. Yeah. We we uh we can relate. So how long were you yeah. there before like? So, we interrupted your story. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, um, Let's see. We left when I was two, came down here. Um, and then, oh, I did forget to say one of my um, pools for the Old Testament uh, was also my uncle, um, Uncle Tony. He's probably watching. You'll hear me talk about him a lot, probably. Um, what up, Uncle Tony? <laughs> So while we were all going to my whole family, my uncles, aunts, whatever, going to this predominantly white church, my uncle wanted to make sure that all his nieces and nephews knew Jesus as a brown man. Okay. Knew that Shout out to know, Tony then for real. Yeah. He wanted us to know the Jewishness of Jesus. And so he would always take all of us, all of us to the synagogue on high holy days um, to understand the feast and what that represented. Um, and who Jesus was um, and how they kind of, the, you know, it's a one narrative of scripture. And so uh, he has always been that to his nieces and nephews. Um, and so that's, that's the love of Old Testament too. But anyway, I came down here in, eight, uh, in the eighties. I was two um, and been here, you know, I've moved a couple of times uh, with college or whatever, but um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Dallas girl. I mean, love it or, or, or hate it like yeah so <laughs> oh my goodness texas just pray pray for us <laughs> well it sounds like everybody's moving to texas right now so i guess you guys are doing something right i don't know maybe i don't know i mean i guess everything's cheaper here so i don't know but yes texas everything's, is, everything's it, bigger yep <laughs> 
Well, we lived in Alaska for 10 years, so it was always like, oh. Texas is, it's, it's so cute. They think they're big. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> it's like a third, I, I of the, wanna... a third of the size of Alaska. Go ahead, Seth, if you have a question. Yeah, I want, I want to come back to, to the story. You, you want to come um, in? Very funny. I, uh, <laughs> you mentioned in, in talking about, well, okay, let me back up. First of all, I just want to say that I love the vulnerability and honesty um, that you've been projecting and really kind of a magnetic personality, I feel I feel like. I feel like it's the a smile. lot of people have yeah. been attracted to you, and I think that's where you see a lot of the people getting upset and hateful. Um <laughs> Because you're you're hitting you know you're hitting an insecurity, um, mm. for them, and I, I wanted to explore that a little bit more with you. Sure. Um, in, in regards to what like, what do you think is really behind the hatred, or or the you know in how you put it, um, the the social media response. Um, I'm trying to figure that out myself. Um. I'll be honest, most of the trolling comes from uh, white males, baby boomers, white male baby boomers, which is very interesting to me. Um, but the conversation is also largely them online, which is, and I think that's just a default I'm learning as I write my, this, my thesis. I think it's a default of Facebook. Um, like everybody's kind of, everybody who's like Xer or, um, millennial, whatever, kind of moving like, ooh, <laughs> let's go to Instagram or let's go to the TikTok or Twitter. Like our grandparents and parents have found right us. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that, I think uh, uh, some people think I'm talking against the church as to pull people out of the church and they're trying mm -hmm. to build their churches and are struggling. And I, I get that. Um, but, you know, I get, I really get that. And I want people to understand that, but kind of woe be unto us um, if we don't tell people the truth just to, you know, fill seats. That's very, that's spiritually dangerous. Um, Especially if this God that we're serving is real, like, don't you think at some point he's going to want like <laughs> real too? And so maybe this is something that like, you know, maybe it's not working. Why are we trying to keep it going anyway? Anyway. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck those dudes. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're speaking my language. This, this is great. This is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess that's it. Um, I guess people think I'm trying to be a rebel. I'm, I'm you know, a rebel against two. I, you know, I... I well, <laughs> I think that you're, I think when we ask questions, we poke holes and like people get defensive. And I'm always curious where that's coming from. Because if, if your God is really your God, it shouldn't matter other people questioning. It shouldn't matter other people asking, like looking at things analytically. But I, so much within the church, at least within my experience, it's always been don't ask questions. You know, you're not allowed to really have those conversations um right. people get people get defensive and i've never really understood why because if their faith is really in god they shouldn't right yeah so for example i just did a show on hagar and so you know for most most of the evangelical world i mean even mainline 
you know, you have to be, you have to cheer on Sarah and Abraham in that story in Genesis. Um, but the beauty, the real richness of the story is um, they're all messed up. Um, Abraham and Sarah are abusers. Um, Hagar, uh, according to Islamic and Jewish, tradi uh, Jewish tradition, is actually a, a, a princess um, who has been captured in a war um, with the Pharaoh. And so that's probably why Abraham is offered, so a lot of Islamic tradition states that Abraham is offered Hagar as an apology for Pharaoh coming after Sarah and the whole household gets sick. You know, God's saying, you know, you're not gonna touch her. And so uh, the tradition is that Pharaoh is like, hey, take, take my daughter, or this, this is a princess, I, I can't, you know, in war, go, like, you, this is too much. And so, um, because, so, and I think it's a bit of racism too. So, you know, we're taught to cheer on Sarah and Abraham and not consider our sister Hagar, um, who's being abused, who's being a slave, who's sexually abused uh, by Abraham. And I think right. the, you know, instead of one versus the other, I think it's healthy to look at scripture and just like, this is a story of messed up people. And that's why God's intervening because everybody is messed up. I mean, when you, mm -hmm. when, a, yeah. when a kid is in a, another room, you know, I'm not parent yet, but when a kid's in another room and you hear all the screaming and, and fighting, you go in there, you're involved. And I think that's the same thing. Cause you have, um, as a parent, you have like a purpose for your kids and it's not this. <laughs> so, Right. We're gonna, God's going to intervene. And so I think the beauty of, of scripture is that everybody's so messed up, so messed up. And God seems to, and here comes the reformed tradition that was out under, uh, God seems to always institute a covenant in the Old Testament with total nonsense, with total handicaps. Um, <laughs> you know, Sarah is, is, she's beautiful, but she's old. She's like, God, like, I'm so old that I don't even trust you with this. I'm going to do my own thing. Um, there's no way you're going to do this now. Um, you know, I, uh, Israel, Jacob, getting kicked. Some translations say that he got, he got kicked in his male parts. Yet, and that was the hint. And yet he is supposed to have descendants that are as numerous as, as the sand on the earth. Like, how am I, how am I going to do that when I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> handicapped? <laughs> in that way because I'm an angel. Um, so God always seems to use the absolute, just horrid, impossible situations and steps in. He really doesn't step in, if you look at scripture, to people that are that have got it together. Like, it's, it's always, let me flex, and I'm gonna flex in this situation because y'all are a mess. <laughs> yeah, I have never really looked at it that way, and that's why I think mixing the the history knowledge with you know the old testament knowledge is so beautiful because it comes to life um it makes it i've never even thought about hagar that way i've never thought about because when you hear the story traditionally like you said it's always oh uh poor sarah who was so old and didn't trust god and made this mistake and then they had to send this kid away who ended up becoming the whole like you know, if if you believe the whole Arabic race, you know, of, right. you know, constantly fighting, and and then you're like, learn to hate out of that, out of that message, out of that story, and then what you're saying is such a a, a beautiful connection of like oneness and understanding is like, no, they're in it together, and actually like 
Hagar was the, the one that was at most that was the abused, you know I mean? A lot of times we're shaming her for yeah. sleeping with, you know, like, you know, how, how would, how would this person sleep with a married man? Like what, what's going on there? Clearly that's wrong. Where it's like, well, no, she had no choice. She was a slave. Right. That's, a slave. that's uh, yeah. I mean, everything, I'm just recapping what you said, but to me, that's all new information. And, um, growing up in the church my whole life, um, never hearing that. I love the beauty of what you're doing. Um, I think, is horribly important and i'm glad that um somebody uh roku and roku is smart enough to say that this message needs to go out and um yeah that's that's awesome like praise god so i want to mention some things you're getting all kinds of praise on facebook live i just want to throw that out right now a lot of people are commenting right now um, calling you a happy warrior And like, even that they disagree with you politically, but that they really respect you. Uh, They're telling you, they're saying, preach, sister. I mean, you're getting all kinds of of shout outs. Um, I want to ask a question. um, Because as I have struggled in my faith, uh, specifically around uh, scripture, because I was, it was very much implanted into my being that it's an errant um, and that it is the 100% truth, and it's been used uh, for me personally as a, as a gay individual um, was used in a, a very in, in a way that was not beneficial or helpful. Sure. So I struggle now to kind of jump into the text. Um, I struggle to even want to pick up my Bible. Yeah. As someone who studied the Old Testament, what is it about the text that? keeps drawing you in um and and how how would you suggest approaching the test the text having deconstructed and kind of changed you know one's belief system a bit um gosh that's such a good question i i think i'm just weird (laughs) that's the answer there's nothing wrong with that we've we've already established we're all misfits so don't worry you're in good company (laughs) all right um i see god now most people don't don't see this but i see god is very loving in the old testament um i think it's it's a yeah that flood was so fucking loving (laughs) yeah yeah it was super 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 loving kill them all all. (laughs) (laughs) yes you guys are in the desert um, <laughs> 40 years it takes four miles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha yes yeah I mean like yeah you see that so I think for me and I think it's a western thing to not see discipline uh, and strong guidance as loving I think we're so used to freedom and we do what we want and we say what we want um you know, you make your own way. And um, I, th- I think that maybe I could be totally wrong, um, but there's something to discipline and to um, kind of a strong eye on those that he has a purpose for. And sometimes, and I think this is in our own lives, that when God has our, his eye on us, it is uncomfortable. It is um, it is not candy and roses. Um, the war says, uh, you know, share with him in the fellowship of, you know, the fellowship of his suffering. 
not in the fellowship of his, of, you know, good times and happy times, it's a fellowship of his suffering. Um, and I think people get confused when they have a calling and a purpose in God, which everybody does. But there are, there are, there is a kind of a text message to those people. And I think a lot of people get confused that if you, if God has some kind of job for you to, or a purpose for you to do, that it's going to be lovely. And actually I have experienced that while it is lovely, it is very painful. It is, and so it is very um, isolating. Um, it's a very lonely place. It's a, um, you know, look at the prophets in the Old Testament. People hated them. Um, they were weird, weird ass people. I mean. <laughs> Naked and yeah, like doing, yeah, doing some awfully weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally weird people. And you think, you know, Jeremiah's crying all over the place because, you know, he, <laughs> he, knows he can't do anything because God has, has set him aside. And I think um, people they, uh, confuse fame with favor the favor of God. And that's not always the case. Um, you know, you guys have heard of this. Uh, somebody asked somebody in, a, in another country, you know, where can I find Jesus? And he said, with the poor. You know, he's one with, with the comfortable. He's with the poor. Um, and so, yes, I think people get confused about that. So I want to encourage people, you know, if you feel ostracized by the church, if you feel like your life is so damn hard, especially in this pandemic, um, that you do not see a way out, um, God always flexes when we are at our wit's end, like Sarah, like Abraham, like Hagar. Um, the promise to Hagar was when she was like thirsty in the desert, running away. And you think, man, that's horrible. But that's when God says to her, hey, you're, you have a blessed nation in your womb. Like, you are blessed, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. Uh, there was an article posted uh, a couple years back that uh, on the, uh, about Palestinian Christians and it was titled, I am not Abraham's mistake. And I was like, what a powerful, powerful uh, statement to make um, that, you know, we're all just messed up. Um, you know, if you think your life is hard or you're struggling or, um, that's when God steps in, you know, hold on. Uh, and he'll, he'll surprise you and blow your mind. Like what in the world? Like <laughs> what, well, God, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I, I, you know, I want to be very open and honest right now. I mean, there's times of this week, <laughs> especially with writing this thesis that I've been like, God, please, like, surely you could do better than this. I know you could do better than this. This is that's how I feel. <laughs> crying and stuff like I have to make more edits you know what I mean like and so I think being honest with the Lord is is I think it's flattering to God that you would look at him as somebody that you yes he's king but he's also wisdom and so I think um yes if you're if you're struggling like that hold on because that's when God's gonna <laughs> he'll be embarrassingly good like embarrass like embarrass you with his goodness um so anyway i don't know if that helps anyone but uh, i'm I sure i'm was, sure it does that's a really yeah, encouraging in fact word. someone even commented on facebook live and just gina commented i need this 
Oh, I'm so at my wits end. I mean, I think that that yeah. what you just shared will speaks to a lot of people, myself oh, included. And I, Hi, Gina. Thanks for watching. We love you, by the way. Gina, email me or message me. Totally. She's in Texas as well, too. So okay. uh, she said Yay. she also said yes. Pray for Texas and uh, her <laughs> and her family. Uh, we were connected with. Uh, they were actually the directors, and we are the assistant directors there in Alaska. So um, we're like really connected with their family. They mean a lot to us. So. And um, yeah, their, cool. kids are their kids are great too. Um, but anyway, um, man, this is, it really, even with uh, Gina saying that, I'm sure other people listening to this now or later um, are going to be able to be encouraged by that. Um, I think the timing of talking with you after just speaking with our guests before, because there was a lot of just encouraging people that may be going through the hard times or like, like feeling like maybe uh, at their last wit they're like you know holding on with that like last string i think of like uh oh this is gonna sound super gay but whatever like as far as like that uh I mean, you are wearing a picture of me <laughs> so I, i'll represent well then you know that kitten poster like it's like hanging there where it's hanging out with like like one claw you know i feel like and maybe but maybe that's just where people are at more than like we even really know, you know, as we've kind of like, we all kind of hung in there to 2021. We're like, Oh, we just need to get out of this year. And I'm like, P pump the brakes guys. I don't know that like, like it's going to magically change. We hit January and now it's like, so when are we going to be able to come up for breath? So I think that that yes. um, is a very encouraging word, especially like for people like myself where I don't know, even where like we talked about it earlier, where I, if I'd even consider myself Christian at mm. this point, you know, it's like, I want to believe, but I don't know that I do. Um, mm. and I think that's just the most honest as I can be about the situation. Like I'd, I'd like real. to identify with it because it's, that's what I grew up when, but man, nothing seems to hold up to any, any of it anymore. And I love hearing people like you and the, our guest before was also a strong believer. We don't always get a lot of those on the show. And so, um, I feel like, okay, God, I'm, I hear you, but fucking show up then. Like what, like, yeah. like what, what, like what, like what, what, what's this? That is a major of my what, life right now. <laughs> what, what, what's it, what's it supposed to be? I mean, I'm not, I'm not expected anymore at this point. I've almost given up. I'm just like, Fucking, mm. you gotta make your own way. It's about you, and you know you want to treat people with respect. I think there's good stuff in the Bible, um, but as far as like, you know, and I think that there has to be a divine creator, but a loving one. I don't know. I don't mm. know. Like, right. I don't, you know, I, you, you, I have you, been right where you are, maybe weekly, <laughs> as the clergy. You know what I mean? Like, what in the hell? Um, I do remember a time several years back where I was just like, I was, I was like you, I was like, I don't know, if I, like, this don't make any sense. Like, you know, my life is just, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it, you know, and I don't get what people are saying to me like, oh, you know, Nicole, you're supposed to do this, that, God has this and that for you. I was like, I'm not seeing it. Like, um, and I remember this, this may sound heretical. I may lose my collar for saying this, but, um, <laughs> don't do Don't do that. <laughs> It's all right. Um, God, God is God anyhow. And I, I got to share about him, collar or no collar. Um, I had to force myself to stay in. And I don't know if it was me forcing myself. Um, I listened to Islamic preachers 
And you think, well, Nicole, why, are you, why did you listen to Islamic preachers? Um, there was a strength that helped carry me in my Christianity that these, um, uh, these imams were, were speaking about. Um, you know, one imam, I remember, really got to me. He goes, we are not submitters. Our, we are supposed to be submitters to Allah, but we are not submitters. I think, well, what does he mean? He goes, we, how many of y'all get down on your prayer mats during the day? And everyone's like, <laughs> he's like, if you were really submitted, you would get down on that prayer mat and really seek after God and what he wanted and what he wanted for your life and how that, how that, you know, meshes together. Um, but that kind of hate, um, I, again, I think it was the discipline that drew me back to, oh Lord, like, you know, you are you are dis, a, dis, a discipliner, and you discipline me as your child, and so I don't discipline other people's children. I leave that to those people's parents. But when you're God's, when God has hooked hooked your heart, even if you are angry and don't believe, um, there is a discipline that always comes with being his, his child. Um, you know, the same hand that hits you or it also strokes you. You know, I remember getting uh, spankings by my parents. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're watching this. <laughs> I, you know, I remember getting, you know, spankings for whatever I did at school or whatever, but my parents loved me and love me now. And, um, that was for my good. So I wouldn't fall away. I wouldn't be self-destructive. Um, and so I think, um, that helped me when I was listening to the strength of faith that these imams had, um, and that it was no matter what, um, God was, uh, active, he was active. Uh, and he's, he was, he's good. And, um, they even took Christians' questions in the audience, and they were very kind to them. Um, but that it was, yeah, it was just the strength. And that helped me to be like, okay, God, you're a discipliner, and I have to accept that. And that's actually loving because you discipline the ones that you love. You ignore the ones that have nothing, you have nothing to do with. You don't discipline so what- what disciplines then so in your life now would you uh, keep, I guess, in order to like, um, with that sort of, I guess, uh, theology, um, looking at it that way, would you then like apply those same disciplines like on a daily basis, you think, in order to, or do you think it's more loose than that? And that's, it's just kind of. Um, um, I think we do our own disciplines to, you know, kind of, discipline our own spirit, our own, our own, you know, life as a Christian. But I think it's the remembering daily that the shit I'm dealing with, whatever it may be, that, you know, I have a father in heaven. Only a father would do something like this. Only I would be mad at a parent like this. I'm not gonna be mad at, you know, a neighbor. I'm, I'm upset at my parent because of their, their investment in me. The investment it's painful because the investment has to grow. Um, and so I have to remember that, especially as I write my thesis, like what the hell? Like I can't do any more edits. And I have the best best advise, uh, advisor in the world. Um, she's so patient with me and just so thorough. And she's like, you gotta, 
this is hard, but you got to hold on. Like you, you got to, God has this for you. And so, um, yeah, just, you know, crying, cussing, yelling, you know, not cause I don't cuss at God, but <laughs> maybe in my car, but you know, why not? but not at God. No, never. Um, but you just like, you know, what the hell is this? And, you know, arguing with God, having that discourse, um, is that's the fight of faith. And we forget that the faith is a fight. It is not a nap. Anybody who says this is a, a nap is, is, is a damn lie. It is not a nap. It is a fight. Um, so in, in talking about God's discipline, I fear I'm a bit too removed to receive his discipline <laughs> or, or know it's God's discipline. Does that make sense? Like I, things are so, I, when I try to think about Christ and I try to think about God, specifically God of the old Testament, like I'm just so numb mm. to all of it. And there is so much pain. Sure. There's so much pain. And, and even getting to the point of like, stepping in and re-engaging but like you know talking about god disciplines those he loves but you have to be in a relationship and it's been just so long sorry i didn't mean to make this all about myself no i'm listening just, this is i just you know this hits a, a chord and i just know that you're i you can feel the holy spirit with you like i know that you love god it is evident in how you act and how you talk and I miss that. Mm. Um, and it's, I just wanted to mention you have a light and um, it's, it's nice to see. I'll echo kind of what Seth's saying a little bit as far as like um, just speaking with you and kind of hearing your passions. Um, like, I mean, I love the vulnerability and, and getting to know you. It's been great, but um, I'm, you know, like, continue to plug away the hippie theologian. And if you don't want to tell you more stories like you did about Hagar, like, I mean, I, um, I just, I'm going to be tuning in because I, I find that stuff fascinating. And, um, I, I'm glad that you've put in the work. I'm glad that everything's kind of, uh, Accumulated? Is that the right something like that, or accumulated, or accumulated, or something? Accumulated? I can't. Oh, Omorisms. I'm glad that it all came together now for you. And um, I just, I, 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 yeah, I'm excited to know more. So, do you have? You said that was like your your most recent teaching was on Hagar. Um, what's the, some others that people should check out if they? We're like, okay, I, I like what Nicole has to say. I think I want to check out more. Should they just start at episode one? Or what are some of your you know, favorite teachings? Give us, uh, I just want more. Give me more. We have about 10 more minutes. Okay. Um, well, uh, one is um, about, and it's, it's, I mean, it's total nerd stuff. I think at the end, like I say, what are you supposed to get out of this? And it was like crickets. I was like, I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is just what I have. Um, one I just did about Abraham and where he's actually from um, and how he's actually, which is, which is, you know, um, I, ho I hope you hear this, Seth. Um, Abraham is actually uh, from Turkey, Southern Turkey. And it, he's probably, it looks like he is uh, Kurdish. 
Um, so he's from him and Sarah, and it looks like his family were moon worshipers of I. Um, and so he, just think about this, the father of, of um, you know, the, the Abrahamic face, his people today have no home. His, and, the, and his people, his descendants have, you know, just got a home again. Um, and so, you know, feeling landless or like you don't belong or um, that, that's the person who, who has everything. Um, so he, he's, he's, it looks like he's Kurdish. And I go through the points of where he stops and how he goes to Egypt, he goes to um, I and Hebron, ends up at Hebron. And so I just go through the route. Um, and I think that's, why is it important? I think it's ethnically important. Um, and even today that, you know, peoples on the earth are people who feel like they don't have a place or they're not, they're not, um, they don't fit in the fabric. Like that's, that's who God is running after. You know, that's, that's who God is using um, and has used uh, to father, you know, uh, the descendants that are supposed to be as numerous as the stars in heaven. Um, and so, yeah, there is, there is, there is, how do I say this? I'm horrible with my words. There's no such thing to be um, a foreigner in God. There's no such thing to be uh, out of place in the ancient of days. Um, so for people who feel far away, um, you have nowhere to go because he's, he's got you. You, you can't escape, you can't escape his love. You can't, and that love is discipline that's, that's wooing you. If he didn't care about you, he'd leave you alone. You know what I mean? Life, life would just be easy. Um, and that's, that's just not, that's not the, you know, the prescription that he has for his children. So for people that feel like they're far away, um, where did you go? Nowhere. <laughs> you know, if, if people feel like God is silent right now, no, I mean, just listen, sit in that silence with them, you know, just listen, keep, keep doing what you're doing throughout the day. Um, keep seeking after him, keep arguing with him. You know, that's probably the best, the best discipline is getting that out um, like Jacob. So yeah, there's no landlessness. Uh, you're a part of a kingdom. You're part of the kingdom. You're an inheritor of the kingdom. Um, you know, you have shared with the Prince of Peace. So um, all this bullshit that's out here right now, it don't even, yeah. it don't even matter. You belong that's, that's to my, That's you belong my follow-up question. Peace. Like, cause that's, I like that of message of belongingness, but it's hard to hand. And I know it's even wrong to say as it comes out the mouth, but it's hard to want to belong to it when the representation of it is stuck. Like, it's kind of like the people who are supposedly going to hell are people I want to spend eternity with. At kind of at this point in my life, you know what I mean? Like, and the people that like are supposedly like, you know, going to heaven, I don't like, do I even want to be with those people? Like, I, I, so it's kind of like that, that whole, that whole thing is like, you know, kind of like mind fucked me in that situation to where like you see 
I don't and I don't I know better than to say that Christianity is American Christianity. Like I know that oh, it's man. bigger. I know I know it's much bigger than that. But <laughs> much like the Romans, we are born into this shit. And so for me it it's so hard to and and it scares me because I should probably take it a lot more seriously. But I just don't it's it's I have a hard time believing any of it anymore. But I want to, and so like I love listening to your perspective, and and I love um, your faith in the middle of all this. Um, last question for me would be just so what for somebody not necessarily in my shoes, but just they don't identify themselves with Christian American. I'm just gonna call it American Christianity, so it's not like to. I, narrow it down any more than that like um where do they go or how do you like what would you say to somebody that's finding your show or finding you or finding like where there's not a denomination that you would point them to necessarily where you're telling them they belong but to to like where is their people your well that's a great question um your 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 people are those who are believers as well. Um, Jesus all Jesus never shook hands with the empire. You know the the religion of the empire it was was not his. Um, so for for people that want to lay their head down or shake hands with you know lay in the bed of nationalism. That's a that's that is a foreign concept. That is not that is not scriptural. We are this is not our kingdom. We are of a different kingdom in the spirit, and so you know for people that don't feel like belong, you know, that's what hippie theologians before connect with other believers, connect with people who are struggling with their faith. We have atheists on there, absolutely value their opinion because you know an outside look at us is 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 helpful, you know. Um, and they stay on there because, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, they're actually a blessing. And so I, I, you know, now that everybody's not really back at church, but, you know, some people are at church or whatever, um, that's what my dissertation is or thesis is about, it's connecting with other people like that on, on social media and, um, you know, joining, joining to the, the, the community that both loves each other and cousins each other out. Like, <laughs> it's a family it's a family so everybody's welcome we you know hope you enjoy it but yes god loves you um god has not let go of you even if you feel far away um doesn't uh, a parent doesn't just lose lose their kid in the store you know if they do they find it they find them or her so please know that you are loved no matter if you feel close or if you want to call yourself a christian or not you are absolutely sought after not to switch really quickly here towards the end, but uh, the the podcaster who's not currently on this episode right now um, asked a question and started a little war here on uh, on Facebook Live. Um, but he he wants to know. He said, "Hey Nicole, would Jesus have voted for Trump or Biden?" <laughs> Why? It's a hard, it's a hard turn. It's a hard turn. <laughs> But but good old Chris. Well, she she, 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 she just said that you know nationalism is not Christian. So 
I agree. I'm, not, I'm just Chris asked. Um, we'll go with Jesus is is God is not an American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go with that. Jesus is not an American. He can't even he, vote. He wouldn't even be able to vote. <laughs> he didn't even register to vote. So <laughs> we'll go with that. Take that, Chris. Take that, Chris. <laughs> Good one, Chris. <laughs> All right. All right, on. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. It's been really encouraging. And um, I know um, myself and a lot of people needed to hear this. So thank you very much. And please check out the Epi Theologian. Um, it's on Roku. Is on. You have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Is it just a, a public page? They can just kind yeah. of join. And then, uh, are you st- streaming any other places at the same time? Or is it just something like they have a contract so they got you? So it's just Roku. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. You can see it all on YouTube yeah. as well. Um, awesome. and, and people out here, if you want, if you you know want to write me or, or message me on Facebook, please feel free to do that. Sounds good. Thank you very very much. Well, thank you it so much. Thank you.